welcome to the Unfair Podcast. Hello and welcome to the OnFIF podcast. My name is Lewis McClellan. I'm the editor of the Digital Monetary Institute here at OnFIF. And today we're going to be discussing central bank digital currencies, particularly in emerging markets. Uh, to help me with that discussion, I'm delighted to be joined by Dieter Sauter from Bundesdruckerei. Dieter? Yes, um, uh, thank you, Lewis, uh, for the introduction. I'm very glad and um, honored to be part of this uh, podcast. And together with uh, with Marvin, so my my name is Dieter Sauter. You mentioned already I'm working for Bundesdruckerei. I'm responsible as a uh, let's say the head of the the business unit. Uh, we call it value printing. So I'm coming from the other end, uh, from really producing cash, and so we are uh, producing banknotes, post-it stamps, and of course, as everyone is currently going into the digital transformation. We are uh, trying to be a part in the central bank digital currency solutions and the provider for the future of certain central banks, uh, at least in a modular way, uh, to to help with our uh, solution and answers uh, to that subject. Fantastic. Thank you, Dieter. And we're also joined by Dr. Melvin Como from the Central Bank of Eswatini. Hi, hi Dr. Um, thanks, Dieter. A, a good afternoon to everyone. My name is Melvin Homo. I am from the Central Bank of Eswatini. I am head of the financial markets department, mainly responsible for areas which talk to foreign exchange reserves management, treasury operations, and monetary policy implementation. Uh, with regards to, to the subject matter for today, uh, central bank digital currencies um, is something that at the Central Bank of Eswatini we are actually very keen on. I sit on the bank's uh, CPTC steering committee, which means that I think we, I am following closely work around this area. It's good to be part of the discussion uh, today. Thank you. Thanks very much, Melvin. Um, let's start with you. You mentioned you know, that the Central Bank of Eswatini is keen on the idea of a digital currency. Can you talk a little bit about what you see as the the benefits that it could uh, that it could bring? Okay, uh, thanks, Louis. Eswatini, uh, just like most other countries, if one looks at um, the global developments, um, is actually interested in in CPTCs. Currently, we are actually still at the exploration and research stage, um, when in terms of the journey where we are so far, one cannot say with absolute uh, certainty what the benefits are at, at this stage. Although, I mean, there is a possibility of actually learning from other experiences of other countries who are probably ahead in this journey. But what I have seen is that uh, there is no one size um, fits all approach into, into the, into the subject. What we have done so far, I think, um, as um, as Swatin, is to do what we call a diagnostics study, which we did with one organization called uh, Senfri. And it actually showed showed us three possible areas where CPTCs could actually provide value and um, add uh, to, 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 to the benefits of Swatin, of which... The first one is through enhancing payment systems efficiency and through real-time payments. And 
especially around pay, payment channel and interoperability and the lowering of transaction um, of transaction costs. What we have seen over the past few years um, in Eswatini is that um, the transfer of money digitally um, has mainly been happening through through the mobile space. But there is a potential for for a CBDC if it is actually designed properly to improve um, the the linkages between some of the systems, lower the transaction costs, and also ensure that we get we get more more of our people financially um, included. I think in a, in a nutshell, this is what we see as the the early benefits. But I think as I indicated. We're still at the exploration stage as we get to understand this better and watch what other countries are doing. There could be scope for more. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank you. Dieter, do you want to weigh in on, on some of those benefits? I mean, financial inclusion is certainly something we've, we've heard a lot about uh, from central banks looking at the potential benefits. I, I absolutely agree on, on what was, uh, what Melvin already mentioned. First of all, I, I, would um, let's say um, how to say uh, I would deeply uh, recommend that we we have we will never have uh, as you mentioned one size fits all. So it depends really on the different requirements of each country of each central bank uh, requirements and demands. As uh, looking looking at the background and looking at the society, the cultural background, looking at the state itself, the political. Uh, let's say systems behind and all the things uh, get into into account when it comes to the decision what would the specification uh, be uh, for a central bank digital currency in the each and as uh, in each region and in each country so I, I fully agree on that and what we have seen so far when we discuss with central banks um, and I'm also with Melvin in this um, aspect a lot of central banks are still looking for, let's say, for the benefits and for why should they issue a central bank digital currency uh, at the moment, due to the fact that currently there are not many problems which we might solve with or which might they solve with a digital uh, currency at all. So it's a more, I would call it a more technology driven uh, approach because the technology is there. The transformation and digitalization in, in, in the world is going on and uh, and we need to be a part of it. And uh, that brings me to, to one of the, in, in my opinion, to one of the motivations and benefits uh, which which there might be there. It's, of course, the financial inclusion. It's a it's a chance to to get also different, let's say, payment systems, maybe um, easier linked to each other and easier standardized. But the, the, the relevance of central banks in, in, in times where, where cash is declining and where payments, um, let's say, done more digital, <clears throat> that's also one part where a central bank uh, might lose in the future, let's say, more control of, of payment transactions and, and, and financial uh, regulations and stability in countries. And I think in these times of uh, decline in use of cash, the relevance of a central bank is certainly there in case they will issuing a central bank digital currency in the future. And of course, um, there there is, as I mentioned already, this inefficiency in cross-border payments, which might be rather done by a wholesale approach than a retail uh, approach. 
and uh, the financial inclusion was already mentioned. I think there are further, uh, of course, um, reasons why a central bank might issuing a, a kind of a central bank digital currency solution. As you have seen with Bahamas, uh, they had really a geopolitical uh, problem because uh, in, in, when, when hurricanes and, and other natural catastrophes uh, coming from time to time to these countries, to these islands, uh, an island state, uh, it was very hard for them to, um, to, let's say, get money distributed to all the small islands, even if only a few people are living there. And for them, for example, they really solved the problem which is caused by the islands, and uh, they uh, found now easier access, of course, by the central bank digital currency to their citizens, to, to money, and to, uh, of course, to digital payments. Yeah, absolutely. It was a very interesting uh, disaster recovery response tool, uh, and I wonder if that's going to be something that becomes more more common uh, as as the years go on. Um, we, we're we're talking so far specifically about the benefits of a digital currency, but it's quite a it's quite a major decision for for an economy for a central bank to undertake. Uh, Melvin, what what do you see as uh, the risks? Do you see there there being any risks to to adopting a, a CBDC? Uh, thanks, Chris. Um, yes, definitely. I mean, there's always few sides of the um, of the coin, and if one looks at goes a little bit back into the history in terms of how we actually um, got here, the the kind of agency um, around CPTCs um, for central banks was kind of forced into us, mainly because of the growing issuance and popularity of private um, digital um, tokens or currencies like Bitcoin, such that now, I think as data indicated, what we're doing is trying to take advantages of the advances in technology in order to improve on on the delivery of um, our mandate. One of the key risks that one would actually see with the introduction of uh, CPTCs, especially if uh, we talk about a retail CPTC, uh, CPTC is that um, it could potentially introduce an element of financial disintermediation in the sense that an example could be where funds are moving quickly away from bank accounts into into CPTCs, that's actually constraining the ability of banks to provide credit, um, which I think, as we all uh, um, as we all know, the provision of credit is actually a fundamental um, driver of economic performance. And under um, under times of stress or uncertainty, this could also lead to um, financial instability, where maybe the population now believes. There is a, a risk which is associated with uh, putting money in banks, and then there's a switch towards a CPTCs. It could actually um, exacerbate um, financial stability concerns. I think that is one key risk. But then other other types of risk that one can also think about is this is a new area, especially for us and we do need to develop the expertise and technical capacity to be able to manage the risks which could come with regards to data privacy, deal with uh, potential issues which talk to cyber attacks, um, 
and also because this is going to be a digital um, kind of a system, we need to have strong national identification systems, which can also enable enable us to to do your KYC um, requirements. Because this this is all uh, necessary, such that uh, we actually build the confidence uh, by the public um, around the the CPTC that we want to issue. And then maybe lastly, which is also specific to to Eswatini, is um, we have had a very good uh, uptake of mobile payments. We have a a significant part of um, financial inclusion, which is driven mainly by um, mobile network operators. Now, if we were to introduce a a central bank digital currency, we, we still need to find how we can actually build on what has been, um, what is there already and make sure this work actually side inside so that we can be able to, to, to get the confidence of the public. Thank you. Thank you, Melvin. Yes, yeah, some very good points about, yes, yeah, some, some unique risks for, for your country and then for some, uh, some considerations that I think will be quite general for, for a lot of, uh, central banks. I mean, the technical capacity one is uh, that has to be uh, a key a key foundation because I think we've seen with you know digital tokens and Bitcoin and so on the risk of hacks, the risk of data leakage uh, has been huge. And uh, if it's going to be something run by the public sector, that's uh, that's obviously uh, a major a major risk that has to be addressed. Uh, Dieter, anything you wanted to add on on that point or any of those? Uh, absolutely, uh, what Melvin said was uh, is, is uh, very reasonable. And um, as you said, the hack of technology is, in my opinion, one of the of the main risks because, uh, of course, everyone needs to provide who, who issued uh, that kind of new technology, that kind of new, um, let's say, tech, uh, infrastructure. Uh, it needs to be really secure and, and robust, and otherwise we will definitely lose trust and confidence immediately. And as well, uh, someone has to bear the cost and uh, uh, if it be compromised. And um, that's at the end of the day, again, uh, the, 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 the public and the, the citizen of a state. So in our um, opinion, this is, this is one of the big risks, uh, and therefore we have to grant it the highest standards for IT infrastructure and uh, choose the right technology to grant that that functionality can hardly be compromised. And uh, um, I want to add to, to um, Marvin, the, 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 the acceptance in the public, because uh, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's of quite uh, high importance that it's not only the trust and the confidence they will place in a new technology, that they all also accept it. Might it be in, in, you know, in our countries more, I would say more in the European, uh, when we look from a European point of uh, view, data protection, anonymity, uh, privacy is, is a very high, high good. And in, in, in our societies, this might be a critical issue if people will have not the fear of big brother is watching you or even controlling you. Because if you nowadays pay with cash in a, in a, in a restaurant, no one will ask you who you are, um, uh, the, the transaction is the most important thing. But I, I think there we can uh, have a quote from, from Jerome Powell uh, from the Fed. He, he really said, it's better to get it right than to be first. And, and that's exactly what I, what I think. I think in, uh, it's, it's, it's really better to have a, a, a really 
thought through a solution at the end of the day coming up and uh, will be issued by a central bank and rather being the first and it will get not this acceptance in, in, in the public. And I, I think I don't need to add anything to the financial stability because a central bank is, 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 is robust, uh, cannot be bankrupt. And of course, if, if we will, certainly you have to uh, introduce limits at central bank digital currency, maybe transactions. Otherwise, people could think they will transfer their bank uh, account money to, to, a, to the CBCD uh, account uh, to be rest assured because a, a commercial bank is only granted to a certain limit. Um, and uh, and then if they get bankrupt, the money is gone. And uh, in a central bank digital currency issued by a central bank, this will be most likely not the case. And uh, this is leads, leads us to the financial stability issue, which Melvin already stated. Mm. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting one because you know the problems like uh, like data security and and uh, you know resilience from cyber threats are technical challenges, but then. The issue of bank substitution and so on—it's not really something you can solve technically. It's—it's it's got to be a policy question, and I guess that—that's two different types of, uh, of problems that have to be addressed. Uh, I wanted to um, come back to something that you mentioned, Melvin, about uh, digital identity as as part of CBDC. Can you talk a little bit about how you see these? interacting is it going to be run by the same system or do you feel like you need cvdc in order to get need digital identity in order to get the benefits of cvdc um thanks th thanks louis yes we are quite right one actually does believe that a uh, digital identities identities are a critical foundation maybe not only for a well-designed um, cbdc but also the rapidly developing data-driven economy, um, especially if one thinks about the retail um, uh, CBDC. And if one thinks about the broader subject of the rise in CBDC, it is very much located at the center between the ongoing uh, digitization of government services and the advent of uh, digi digital finance, which means that this kind of actually um, go hand in hand. And because now we, we talk mainly around either a wholesale, I mean a wholesale or maybe a retail CPTC, whatever the model um, involved, digital IDs has a role to play. Um, if one can actually think, say, for example, in the retail model, individuals and businesses would hold uh, CPTCs through private accounts at the central bank. And then under such a scenario, if we look at the nature of our central banks, we we would need to be able to perform KYC and AML monitoring um, on these accounts directly. But the, the disadvantage that we have is that uh, we are not currently equipped to deal with uh, large numbers of retail customers um, in a traditional onboarding process. But if we had such um, a digital identity system in the country, um, one sees this actually, um, the, the central bank working together with the national identity system in ensuring that uh, the CPTC becomes a, a, a success. So it's, 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 it's either way. Um, if maybe a country is full steam ahead in terms of developing the, the CPTC, 
there could be a spin-off such that it could um, then help towards uh, the development of a national identity system. Otherwise, if that system is already in, in place, it can make um, implementation of the CPTC much more easier. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I can see that for sure. I think, uh, I guess something that we've heard a lot recently is that one of the big barriers to financial inclusion is about, is about identity. And if, if, if that's, you know, widespread, I think that would be a big help for, for financial inclusion as well. Uh, Dieter, do you want to weigh in on the, on the digital identity point? We, from our point of view, we, we believe that the governmental issue digital identity creates trust in the digital age and should only be given, of course, by a government. And this government service could, could verify that the, the opposite, for example, in a digital transaction, that the digital identity as a citizen or a company is, is really granted and is really given. So, for example, when you uh, transfer money from A to B, so that A is really a real person and that B is a real person, um, it comes a bit, little bit, maybe, maybe when we will talk about solutions uh, afterwards, but what I want to say is it should not be there to control the transaction and to relate the transaction to the identity. So what, what we think is, as, as Melvin mentioned and stated, when it comes to, to laws and regulations, of course, then the identity will be maybe transparent. But in case, uh, as long uh, to, to grant more trust in the entire system, a digital identity can help. However, it has to be, uh, let's say, um, in, in the system itself, it has to be, first of all, granted that the, the users who are in, in, in interaction with each other, that they are real people and they are really the right one sitting in front of the tool, maybe a smartphone, and the other one, uh, the, other one the receiver, is the right person. And that this trans, that transaction, because if we, if we are not taking care of using it clever and smart, the, the citizen can also be, uh, let's say, placing mistrust in the entire system because they, they again would think Big Brother is watching us. But from our point of view, the, the digital identity can really help in case it's done smart and clever. Yeah, very important. I think, uh, well, certainly here in the UK, there's been, there's long been a lot of skepticism about the idea of a uh, a state-run digital identity program, but I think possibly as people become more comfortable with, you know, their lives taking place in digital format, uh, maybe maybe people will become more comfortable with this. But yeah, it has to be applied right, I'm sure. Um, uh, DJ, I wanted to talk a little bit more about the the varieties of different uh, central bank digital currencies. Uh, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about different jurisdictions having different priorities. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about, you know, that, that variety and, and what you expect to develop there? Yeah, we, we already mentioned, uh, thanks, Luis, we already mentioned some of them. So, of course, we, we talked about the central bank digital currency for for more for the, for the retail, which we see as a benefit for, the, of course, for the citizen or even citizen to government or citizen, of course, to the merchant to the point of sales. But there is also the central bank digital currency of the, the Husey approach, which is more the interaction between banks and, of course, big, uh, big volumes transferred from A to B. However, I, I would say these are, for example, two samples, which when we talk about central bank digital currencies, but in the, in this digital currency uh, environment, there are 
other uh, currencies like cryptocurrencies, which we see uh, quite a lot and which are really common and very, very fast uh, uh, exploring and developing. And uh, But they are, of course, mostly unregulated uh, digital currencies such as Bitcoins and others. But we see also uh, quite, uh, the, the, you know, the, the so-called stable coins, which are private issued money, but mainly by, um, uh, let's say, by mainly by by bank near companies uh, for for the wholesale and cross border payments. However, they are always bonded to a to a really uh, big currency circulating in the world, like uh, like uh, the, the US dollar or the euro, or you name them, and. From from our point of view, there are these these three categories. We call them cryptocurrencies, mostly unregulated stablecoins, which are partly, I would say, uh, say bond to to a current circulating uh, currency, and of course the central bank digital currency. And all of them, in my opinion, they will have their benefits and their, of course, advantages and disadvantages. And uh, as you see, the cryptocurrencies have, for example, the advantage they are fast. And they are there, you can just buy them, but it's more like speculative money. And uh, the central bank digital currencies, they are a bit slower in development, takes a long time until they are maybe issued by a central bank, uh, but they offer other services and they are regulated and they are of course backed uh, by, by a state or by, uh, by a central bank. And the stable coins, they can, in our opinion, have more, uh, Let's say they they will be maybe easier to handle this kind of um, big contracts between banks and uh, big companies. So for all of them, there are pros and cons. And of course, we could talk over hours about it. But maybe Marvin, uh, you have uh, more to add to to that uh, definitions. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. It's, uh, I think you 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 covered them pretty well. Thanks. I don't have much to add yet. <clears throat> Thank you, Dieter. Thank you, Melvin. Uh, Dieter, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about uh, Bundesdruckerei's involvement in the development of CBDCs. You know, we're seeing central banks all around the world working on this. And it, what, what's your role? What's your company's role in, in this process? As, as mentioned at the beginning, I, we, we are absolutely clear in the fact that at the end of the day, the specifications and the requirements are coming from a state or from, from the central bank. So what Bundesliga is doing, and uh, I mentioned that uh, earlier, we are a company more than 260 years um, in, let's say, in place, and we have provided trust and uh, uh, trusted products, uh, trusted services over uh, these centuries uh, to to uh, certain customers like central banks, like issuing authorities for passports, ID documents in Germany and for uh, also for other countries around the world. So when it comes to our role, we first of all, we have to, let's say, listen to the demands and requirements of each individual state, of what kind of problems they might uh, want to solve with with uh, central bank digital currency approach. And from our aspect, um, uh, perspective, you know, we are we are provider of, uh, for the moment, of a lot of uh, digital and physical uh, products and solutions. And we, uh, for example, 10 years ago, Bundesliga developed one of the most secure ID cards worldwide. We called it a called hardware wallet. 
On the other side, we developed with industry partners the variation of a, of a digital identity in a secure element of uh, citizen smartphones. So that's a, a software wallet. And we have, of course, self-sovereign identity-based solutions paired with blockchain technology uh, done uh, for, for several uh, projects. And we can, within our group, we offer a lot of security infrastructure, physical and hardware, so digital and hardware solutions. And what we think is, as we are banknote, uh, let's say, providers for states uh, in, in the world, we think that uh, coming from that angle, knowing what is about security, what is about trust and confidence and building up trust over, over decades and centuries, this is something where we should play a part in the digital transformation of these central bank uh, approaches. And finally, not only because we're doing it for the, for the service of central banks, it's also for our surviving, uh, survival in the future. You, you never know if, if cash will be there in 30 to 40 years. So also, uh, let's say, prepare yourself, your company, uh, for the future uh, in, in uh, what, what we could, uh, what we need to offer as a service, as a, uh, from our angle, when cash might decline in, in circulation. And that are the things why we think we can play a valuable partner in this, in this aspect as well. Fantastic. Thanks very much, Dieter. Um, Okay, fantastic. Well, um, yeah, really interesting discussion. I want to thank uh, thank both of you for for joining me today. Uh, thank you, Dieter. Uh, anything you'd like to add? Uh, the only thing I want to add is uh, it was a pleasure to be part of this uh, of this discussion. And I said um, I think we will have a, a new ecosystem in the in the near future of of different kind of solutions, as stated already. There will be different kind of payment uh, landscape. There will be stable coins, which have a certain uh, benefit for for uh, for the industries and and uh, for for banks. And there will be an, a new ecosystem, as I said, of different players. Of of course, central bank um, launched and issued uh, uh, currencies. And I'm really glad to uh, be as a person and as a member of Bundesjugere part of that journey. And I'm uh, very glad to have today the chance to talk to you. And I would say goodbye to all our listeners. Thanks a lot. Thanks very much, teacher. Yeah, it's a very exciting time to uh, watch this new equilibrium forming. Uh, Melvin, thank you also for, for joining. It's been great to have you here. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, thanks, Luis. Um, well, yes, I, I also fully agree. It was a pleasure to be part of the, the podcast and the discussion. Yes, definitely the global financial landscape is changing and it is changing quite quickly and as central banks we need to, to adapt. But when it comes to CBDCs, I think what we need to be careful about is maybe not to try to provide solutions without actually identifying what the problem is. It's, I think from our side, we studying the area and then definitely we will implement what will be important for the country. Thank you. We'll leave it there. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you to our guests. Uh, it's been a fascinating discussion. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you can tune in uh, next time. We're on iTunes, Spotify, uh, and our on-demand website here. Uh, you can also find us on LinkedIn and Twitter, where you can get updates about our events, our podcasts, our reports, our commentaries, all that good stuff. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the OnFifth Podcast.